what I feel from the Lord. And so, uh, I won't call it a sermon. I won't say it's not a message. But I want to talk to you tonight from the book of Ezekiel chapter 4. And I believe that I included those scriptures. There we go. There we go. Awesome. Amen. So we're going to, let's, let's just kind of read this together. You also, son of man, take a clay tablet and lay it before you and portray it, portray on it a city, Jerusalem. Lay siege against it, build a siege wall against it, and heap up a mound against it. Set camps against it also, and place battering rams against it all around. Moreover, take for yourself an iron plate and set it as an iron wall between you and the city. Set your face against it, and it shall be besieged, and you shall lay siege against it. This will be a sign to the house of Israel. Lie also on your left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. According to the number of the days that you lie on it, you shall bear this iniquity. For I have laid on you the years of their iniquity according to the number of the days, 390 days, so you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when you have completed them lying in on your right side, then you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Judah 40 days. I have laid on you a day for each year. Therefore you shall set your face toward the siege of Jerusalem. Your arms shall be uncovered and you shall prophesy against it. And surely I will restrain you so that you cannot turn from one side to another till you have ended the days of your siege. A compelling passage of scripture that uh, is... it. it, it boggles the imagination to, to try to just kind of put ourselves in that place and see uh, what was actually transpiring there. I want to talk to you tonight about embodying the prophetic message. By embodying, I mean becoming the message. Amen. Becoming the message. Amen. Along with the message that God has given us comes a standard that He requires of us commensurate with the great and mighty message. The Lord wants His ministers to His servants to embody the message that they preach. The Lord once winked at ignorance. Right? But now commands all men everywhere to repent. God will wink at carnality for a season, but He will soon discipline His children. And divine discipleship sometimes takes the form of attack by friends right. or enemies. 
Sometimes God uses circumstances to correct us and discipline us. And God is determined to get everything out of us that's not in accordance with His plan in our lives. And He'll often make the lives of His vessels illustrations of the message that they are called to proclaim. Ezekiel was instructed by the Lord to take a clay tablet like a towel and write on it or draw on it a, a picture and tell a story with his drawing on this clay tablet. Now, in the region where Ezekiel was, there have been found brick libraries containing tablets like the one that he drew on dated as far back as the time of Ezekiel. It was a method that was in use at the time of portraying events, uh, making battle plans. It was much like a war game here or a board war game where embattlements were put into position, siege was laid against a city, all of these kind of things happening. But Ezekiel used the media of his day. We today have the privilege of using PowerPoint, Proclaim, and other tools to, to portray, to present ideas and thoughts. Ezekiel did what was a relatively new kind of thing, I think, maybe in his time, uh, to get the message across. God used him to do that. And it was an illustration. He, he drew them an illustration. Visual illustration of the siege the Babylonians were going to lay against the house of Israel. He was also instructed to lie on his left side for 390 days according to the years of Israel's iniquity and then 40 days on his right side for 40 years of Judah's iniquity. And if you remember that last verse we read, the Lord said, I'm going to make it to where you will stay on that left side the full time and you will stay on that right side the full time. That's a lot to ask of a prophet. Can you imagine? I can't lay more than an hour on my on one side without having to turn. I get to hurt and I get to aching. And yet the Lord required this of him. This is not a, uh, a nursery rhyme, a mother goose tale. This is, this is reality. This is what happened. And it was to be a picture unto them, unto Israel and unto Judah, of how that they were being judged. And were going to be judged for their iniquity. It is a, a, a powerful insight into how far God will go
to get the message across. But he asked the prophet Ezekiel to live the message. To portray it. And sometimes God uses us to portray a message. And he deals with his servants sometimes in ways it's hard to understand. I can't imagine asking somebody to lay on their side for 390 days. A little more than a year. I can't imagine even 40 days. That is just going above and beyond protocol and standards of decency of men to ask somebody to do that for any reason. And yet God required that of His prophet. Because God wanted His life to illustrate a point. He was a message bearer. And can you imagine, God said, I'm going to put on you the iniquity of, of the people. Now, it's a prophetic picture of Jesus who would bear the iniquities. But this is just a portrayal and, uh, of God's long-suffering with them and His redemptive judgment to bring them around Ezekiel, you've got to lay on your side for 390 days and then turn around and do 40 more days on the other side. Now, without any additional weight being added on top of him, his own body weight, no doubt, as it would in any one of us, was painful, exhausting for a man. And yet God would endure and God would bear their iniquities. But Ezekiel, the Lord said, I've got a job for you to do. I've got a message for you to deliver. But I don't just want you to speak the message. I want you to feel the message. I want you to feel what I feel that causes me to send this message to my people. And God used him to illustrate that point. I imagine folks walking by must have thought, man, that's got to hurt. It hurts God. It, it, it pains his heart. Ezekiel, I want you to feel what I feel. The prophet Hosea is one of the best examples of this kind of thing. God instructed him to embrace and marry a harlot. One who would not be faithful to him, one who would bring much pain into his life, 
but to embrace her and love her and marry her. Why in the world would God do something like that? Except that He wanted Hosea, the message bearer, to feel what God felt concerning the harlotry of the nation of Israel. And so he would be a more ready prophet when he felt the message. It was undoubtedly a painful thing for him. But it let him feel the heart of God. It's the nature of a prophetic ministry. And I think it's all about a passion for the heart of God. A passion for the heart of God. Lord, I don't want to just know what you said or what you're saying. I want to feel what you said and are saying. The world is full of people harking all kinds of products and methods and things telling folks it will change your life. Some of them do it with gusto and passion. But there ought to not be anything in the world that has a more impassioned marketing program than the gospel. Nothing ought to rival the passion of the message bearers of this good news. God wants us to feel the message. That's the reason why many people never really engage in witnessing, never really engage in trying to spread the gospel, never really engage in missions because they don't feel what God feels. And the Lord has called us to be a messenger. For that, He needs someone who feels the message. Right? The Scripture says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus, what He did when He came. Right? That's the spirit of prophecy. It brings, if you would, a fresh revelation of the heart of God. When you see Jesus, when you see Him on the cross, when you see Him tirelessly ministering to the broken and the downtrodden and the sick and the children, you see an image of the heart of God. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. But when we, the body of Christ in the earth today, get a hold of the message Till we live the message. The world will see God in us. 
when they've seen us, they will see something of the heart of God. I believe the Lord wants to involve every one of us in more than simply communicating the truths of this book, but I believe He wants to communicate the revelatory heart of God into His church today. Some churches need a heart transplant. They've got heart disease. There's nothing beating on the inside. There is nothing keeping them alive. But I'm glad I've got Jesus keeping me alive. I'm glad when we come to church on a Sunday night, on a mission Sunday, that the joy of the Lord is in this place. There's some folks that get excited about praising God. Why? Because in their lives, they are living this thing. Yes. They're not just talking about it. They're not just promoting it. They are living it. They're eating it, sleeping it, breathing it. Tonight we're going to take partake of food from around the world. Thinking about global missions. Thinking about people from different nations. Amen. But all the purpose of every bit of this is just the same purpose that the spirit of prophecy has. It's to get us communicating and connected to the heart of God. And to the place that we live the message. We breathe the message. Amen. We don't just say God loves lost people. We don't just say we love lost people people but we demonstrate that we love lost people and it's not just an act it's not just some kind of facade it is what we are it is who we are it is what we live it is what we breathe it is what God has placed upon us that burden tonight I didn't ask for it you didn't ask for it amen but God has put it there yes God has put it there. He is calling His church to a no-holds-barred, amen, absolute, revolutionary, amen, groundbreaking move to try to reach our world in 2019. It is the heartbeat of God. Amen. And there are many of us that can quote scriptures, but God help us if we don't get the heartbeat beating inside our chest until we cannot but do any less that get this gospel there, whatever the means, at whatever the cost, it must be done. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I believe that God is getting ready to do some things that are going to be revelatory, some things that's going to open our eyes. I believe God is getting ready to do some miraculous things among us. And uh, we need to be prepared. And one way, there's no way we can be prepared because it's like we've never seen or heard what God's about to do. But in another sense, God expects us to prepare ourselves. Jesus told the parable about the servants uh, and the one, one of the servants because he did not 
prepare himself. The Bible says he would be beaten with many stripes. There would be correction come into his life. Because the Bible literally says they didn't prepare himself. God wants us to prepare. It is incumbent upon us to prepare ourselves. God has spoken some things. God will do some things. There are some principles in His Word that absolutely work when we get them engaged. But the bottom line is we must prepare ourselves. It is not our job to be God. Amen. Amen. We're not preparing ourselves to be God. That's right. People's lives need change. People need saving. That's God's job. Right? But we're servants. Yes, we are. We are called to use whatever we have at our disposal, whatever's been given in our sphere of responsibility, to use it to the best of our ability for the Master's purpose. Yes. And for that, we must prepare ourselves. And... And, and, and be as ready as we can possibly be. Now, I'm, I'm getting ready to close here tonight. But I want, to, I, I want to just provide a little bit of preparatory preaching here. Amen. When God begins to do things that bring notoriety, that the word spreads. And believe me, our church is being watched. Not just locally, but around this, around Arkansas, in the Arkansas district of the United Pentecostal Church. Our church is being watched and observed. And uh, all the time here in front of folks. Man, I've been hearing great things happen. I've been hearing about revival. I've been hearing about things, you know, God's doing, the excitement and all of that. Uh, but but we, we just scratched the surface. We, there is so much more that God is about to do and wants to do amongst us. Tuesday night prayer meeting, the Lord's been talking to me about it. Amen. God's getting ready to do some things amongst us. Amen. That that when 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 these things begin to happen, it's it's going to be noised abroad. Like it was when God poured out the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. It was noised abroad. And folks come and crowds came and folks wanted to hear and wanted an explanation. Amen. That that kind of thing is going to come. We must not let spiritual pride. That's it. Get a foothold in our life. Praise God. That's right. That's part of preparation. We must learn to give God the glory yes, and the praise. Amen. And I'm going to go a step further here. Amen. When God does things for us and in our midst and around here, when God speaks to us and says, I'm getting ready to do this here. There needs to be something in us saying, Lord, what about me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. We are not the center of God's universe. That's right. Come on. I mean, I believe you're the apple of his eye, but not just us. There's a whole lot of other apples of his eye. Yeah. There's a whole lot of other folks that God's working his plan through. And if he's spoken to you, he's probably spoken to somebody else too. You just don't know that. But here's the thing. We can't let spiritual pride get in the way of what God wants to do in us and through us. And then, I don't care if God gives us a 500 soul revival in this church. That don't make us better than the next church down the road. That's preaching the truth. Amen. And if God does that for us, it ought to be a burden in our spirits. It's, Lord, something. 
So that we don't become self-centered. Yes. Because God will chasten his children. Yes, he will. God will bring reproof. God reproval. God will bring rebuke. The Lord will bring discipline into our lives if he has to, to do that. Amen. There have been churches that have experienced, amen, mighty moves of God that have been uh, just just uh, sidelined in what God is doing simply because that they got so self-centered and they saw themselves as God's whole world and that they were the answer to the entire world. I believe we've got the message that is the answer to the entire world. But we're not the only ones preaching this message. It's not just us. There's others that are engaged in this warfare. We've got to hold up our part and do our part. And if we'll do our part, God will help us. So, let's keep a spirit of humility about us. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's keep a spirit of humility about us. God has called us. That don't make us better than somebody else. We're a servant. We're a steward. This is just the place he's put us. But I've got to be responsible for preparing myself for what God wants to do in His plan for my life. Amen. I think it's awesome when young people are able to prepare themselves. I, I believe every saint of God will study to show themselves <clears throat> the need not to be ashamed. But I also believe that the Lord wants us to embody this message. He wants us to live this message. Amen. Amen. It's not a Sunday night thing. Yes. Sunday morning thing. Wednesday night thing. We live this message. I looked around. Folks were here Tuesday night. Prayer meeting. Folks were here Wednesday night. Getting things ready for children's revival. Or children's VBS. Uh, uh, four Thursday nights in a row. On Wednesday night here. Amen. Since Kim and I didn't get home until about 9 o'clock, just about any one of those nights this week, uh, we ate late. Not good for our health. We said, we're going to do something different here. Amen. But then Thursday night, coming here, and God moved on those young people and began something I believe is going to grow. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's, that's, that's preparing for the harvest. Yeah. Amen. God's going to do some great things, but that don't excuse us from preparing for the harvest. In fact, it teaches us that we need to engage and prepare ourselves for whatever he says is going to happen. Right. What we're trying to do is align ourselves with what he says. If he says we're going to be a great revival church, then we need to align ourselves with that and start having a personal life. If he says we're going to be a great soul winning church, then we need to align ourselves with that and start preparing ourselves to be soul winners. Learn what it is. Learn from failures. However, way we got to learn, learn, amen, and prepare ourselves. This is the purpose of God. He wants this message to reach every person. And there are people in this city that don't know about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's right. I would like to see the day very, very soon when we could say there's not one person in this city that doesn't know. Yes. About Acts 2.38 and the baptism of the Holy 
Amen. They may reject it. Many of them may. But they deserve to know. Yes, amen. God didn't say that we were to force them. God said we were to plant the seed. That's right. So what's our job? Well, we can't reach our city. We can't save our city. No, we can't save our city. That's God's job. That's right. Right. But if we know that in order for that to happen, they've got to hear. How can they believe except they hear? Right. How can they have faith except someone is sent? Right. So that's our job. That's our responsibility. And so God says, I'm going to send revival to the city. God says, I'm going to grow this church. God said, I'm, I'm going to, I, I'm going to, to, to bring in all kinds of people from all walks of life into, into this church. And it's going to be a training center and a teaching center. Amen. I, that's like, oh yeah, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, wait just a minute. What's my job? What's my responsibility? Right. I climb up on the mountaintop tell everybody what God's going to do. That don't get the job done. That's right. The way God works is through his people. He's prophetically speaking, but it's our responsibility to live that message. That's right, man. And for us to live that message, we've got to feel that message. Amen. All right? Praise God. We've got to feel that message. Praise God. The way when you're driving home tonight, you pass a house on the road, maybe even on the gravel road. There's souls in that house. Breathe a word of prayer for them. Yes, yeah. yeah, Start working on a plan to battle the church. Talk to them about a house. Put a track in their hand. You know, I'm, I'm just talking about Brother Wayne. I'm not singling you out tonight. I'm just, I'm just saying that this has got to get into us so we, we breathe it, we live it. We feel the heart of God. Amen. We feel the heart of God. Heartbeat. The spirit of prophecy, the heartbeat of the testimony of Jesus. That's us. That's our calling, our responsibility. Kind of brought it down here at this final moment. Let's stand together. It's all right. It's all right. And there are more things I could have said tonight, but I feel to, to save some of that for later. Maybe key to, to part of this is the little my confession pamphlet. If we start seeing ourselves like this, and these, this is almost all just like directly out of the Word of God, just putting ourselves in it. I will not walk into the council of the ungodly or stand the path of sinners or sit and see the scroll. Uh, then it's not just blessed is the man whoever that is that doesn't walk in the council of the ungodly stand in the path of sinners but all of a sudden it's me 
And the word of God is coming alive in me. I don't walk in the path. I will not walk in the path of the counsel of the ungodly. I will not sit in the seat of the scornful. Then it's not a verse in the Bible. Then it's not a message from the pulpit. Then I'm living. I'm embodying this thing. The Word became flesh. And God is trying to get His Word into flesh. We can hand out Bibles. The Gideons will beat us on that. They put out more Bibles than you can shake a stick at I'm thankful for Bibles and we need Bibles. Don't misunderstand me tonight. But those Bibles aren't saving the world. Amen. Those Bibles aren't reaching the world. How are they going to believe unless they hear? Somebody's got to embody this thing. Become. Feel the passion of God. If you toss and turn pain, lay it on one side like I sometimes do, and then have to lay it on the other side like I sometimes do. Sometimes that keeps me awake a little bit in the night. But what if we got so much of the heartbeat of God in us that we, we did some tossing and turning at night sometimes?
if I can get a word from him, I'm going to be able to help somebody. I'm going to be able to, 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 to reach somebody. Amen. I'm, I'm going to be able to deliver this message. Amen. Effectively, if I can just... Not just just hear it, but but it gets in me. Amen. I become that message. I feel that message. It it, it drives me. It, it it it's what what I think about when I wake up in the morning. It's what I think about when I go to bed at night. It, it it's it's always present with me. Paul was given a thorn in the flesh. Why? Because he said because of the abundance of revelation, so that he would not get prideful. I can do. Mind opened up to all kind of things God showed him, and he he just he was he was a walking theologian and preacher and missionary. Uh, he, he he was all of that stuff, all kind of revelation. Let me tell you something. Let's not point our fingers backwards all the time. But there there was something that said, "I will come to revelations." Remember that. He said, I will come to Revelation. Amen. We need to get that same thing. God's going to show us some stuff. God's going to open our eyes about this. God's going to help us to understand what we need to do to be effective here. The Lord's open. The Lord's going to give us, He's going to speak to us about that person. I need those spiritual gifts. I want the word of wisdom. I want word, you know, understanding. I, I, I want a supernatural gift, amen, of wisdom for this circumstance. I want a supernatural gift of faith. I need, I need these things operating in my life in order that I can be the effective soldier that God wants me to be. Amen. I, I need those things. Amen. We want the abundance of revelation, right? But we must understand with that abundance of revelation, God may bring things into our life to keep us humble. Amen. It's all right. Don't brush it off like, well, it's the enemy. You know, everybody's, he's always doing stuff, you know. It may be that God's trying to bring you down to your knees a little bit. Maybe God's trying to humble you a little bit so you'll pray the more, so you'll seek his face the more. Amen. Because God wants to get us ready. And it's our responsibility as servants to ready ourselves for what God is about to do in us. Amen. There's pews that's going to get ready to fill up. There's families that's going to come to this church. You're going to pick up somebody. Our bus is going to run and pick them up. It's getting ready to happen. Amen. That's our business right now. To let God equip and prepare us for what He's going to do. Give Him a good round of applause here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come very quickly to the front right now. And, and we're going to, this, this, unless the Lord does something here uh, that, that, that He wants to do.